Thank you so much, Lulu, and to the Weekend AM Live team. Well, it's just gone five minutes past nine, and you're listening to Media at SAFM. I'm Kim Winter, and I'm in for Ashraf Garda this morning. A very happy Women's Day for yesterday to all our lady listeners. I hope that the month ahead is one of celebration, but also serves to open up debate around critical gender issues and inspires action when necessary. Well, the team in studio today with me is Matapelo Mochakana and Kanya Bellani in Joburg. And here in Cape Town is technical producer Lance Andrews. always want to say Lance Armstrong, sorry, Lance Andrews. Well, we will be with you up until 11 this morning with our regular slot. Today we look at Sunday World, which has undergone somewhat of a revamp. We profile the paper and editor, Abdul Malazi, just after the 10 o'clock news. The Deputy Minister of Telecommunications and Postal Services, Professor Makize, will join us in the wake of launching the Women in ICT Forum by her department. And as usual, we wrap with a news roundup. Today includes a short and sweet look at what to expect from the Lurie's exhibition. But before that, between 9 and 10, we put the spotlight on animated explainer videos and the power they have to sell products. We've got Kat Skultz, content director at Red and Yellow, and she'll be with us shortly to decipher how boring brands can use content marketing to their advantage. But first up this morning, it's our panel discussion, and we're joined by media tenor, Gender Links and Media Monitoring Africa to discuss the coverage of women in the media. How are women being represented? The role of language in breaking down stereotypes? Where are we going wrong? And how can we affect change? That in just a few moments. So give us a call anytime. Join the conversation. It's 0891 104 207 or SMS 34701. That's 34701. Media at SAFM. Well, under the title Equality Must Be Constantly Worked For, Media Tenor has released a report this August outlining the successes and pitfalls of equal representation for women in media, as well as addressing the role and influence of female journalists. Joining me on today's panel to discuss the coverage of women in media is Minette Nivot. She is a researcher at Media Tenor. Hi, Minette. Are you there? for having me. Brilliant. Lovely to have you. Catherine V. Robertson, she's Editor and Communications Manager at Genderlinks. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Kim. Thanks for having me. Lovely. And William Bird of Media Monitoring Africa, are you there? Hello, Sam. Good morning. Good Hi, morning. William. Great. Right, let's start with you, Minette. Uh, can you briefly outline why this specific research was conducted and what the findings were in Media Tenor's report? Well, Kim, Media Tenor is an internationally-based research firm, and we look at what is happening in the media. And every month in August, here in South Africa, we celebrate Women's Month. So the cause is something that's quite close to our heart because our management um, is also predominantly female. And that just basically sums up why we're interested in the topic. Now, to go into a bit of more detail, at Media Tenor, we really believe in, um, in progress and transformation and moving forward. And assessing what's happening in the media will give us a good idea of what's happening in the public sphere and public perception of topics like, for example, women and women's issues. Mm. Okay, so William, maybe you could unpack for us a little bit in terms of how one actually measures or gauges how equally women are being represented in the media. So look, there are a number of criteria you can use. Obviously, uh, among them is, is 
how often they appear in the, in the actual in the news or in the media, and then what kind of if, if they're quoted because often who speaks is the ones usually who has power in media terms. Uh, you can look at the roles that they occupy. You can look at a range of things. And in fact, there's a uh, international study, the Global Media Monitoring Project, which is undertaken by a range of uh, volunteers. Um, and that looks at women in the media globally from a range of parameters, and you find that it's not only in South Africa that we don't perform terribly well, but it seems to be a global phenomenon. Okay, so just back to you, Minette. What were your actual findings in this report? So we looked at a variety of factors um, because as well as um, looking at simply the way that women are portrayed, we also tried to examine which female journalists are, are quite prominent and are featured often. So just in terms of the three top findings, firstly, we found that women leaders globally are portrayed in a very similar way to their male counterparts. So except for Pope Francis, um, we received positive tonality. All international leaders seem to be leaning more to sorry, more towards the negative when it comes to media reporting on them. And this was both the case for female leaders, like, for example, Hillary Clinton, Yulia Tymoshenko, and Yungak Shinawatra, and then for male leader, leaders as well, like Vladimir Putin and Bashar al-Assad. Then secondly, we found that in local media, um, female leaders, for example, Helen Zilla, Angelina Moseka, they receive much less coverage than their male counterparts. And the split there was about 29% of coverage were about female leaders compared to 71% about their male counterparts. And lastly, um, one of our key findings was that female journalists seem to be significantly underrepresented in the media sphere as well, with approximately 40% of the top 25 most prolific local journalists being female. Okay. That's an interesting addition to add to, to the discussion, is to look at top female journalists. And Catherine, maybe you can come in here, because I believe GenderLinks' focus is to promote gender equality, one of your focuses, um, through media. And, and I'm wondering, how many top female journalists do we actually have in South Africa? And are we saying it's their responsibility to rectify the balance and a report on women's issues? Um, I think it'll be difficult for me to say, um, do we have enough or how many top uh, female journalists we have out there? Um, GenLinks also works uh, beyond South Africa across the region. But I think, um, yeah, I, I, I can concur with our other panelists that women are still underrepresented as sources. Gender issues are under underreported on. And when they are reported on, they're reported on in quite a, a problematic way. And I think um, where we come in is, We've got the static gender protocol on development, on gender and development, and one of the one of the main um, thematic areas of this regional instrument is to promote gender equality in and through the media, and for for states, for member states to to take measures to ensure that women are equally represented not only in content but also in decision making structures within the media. Mm. Um, and I think it also goes. Uh, just beyond media houses themselves, but also your media training institutions. I think that's where it all starts. Um, and I think with the media training institutions that we work with, we've got to ensure that um, we've got enough female trainers, um, because you'll find that a lot of a lot of the 
a lot of the student journalists are female, but you'll find in 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 reality when they do go into the field, they're pretty much underrepresented. Um, and also, there's not there's not really uh, gender curriculums in place, although that, that that is starting to be mainstreamed. There isn't there isn't enough content on gender mainstreaming in training curriculums. Okay, and 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 is that do you think because perhaps women's issues are seen as uh, softer issues, or or is there? I mean, maybe William, you can pick up here. I believe Media Monitoring Africa has written a report on gender fatigue. Are these factors that are coming into play here? Well, I think it's a it's a combination of things. You know, there's a sense in which so when you look at the news, certain things become happen so often that they kind of fall off the news agenda and. If you consider a crime like rape, for example, its its its, it's levels are so high that unless you uh, rape and do something particularly brutal to uh, a woman, the chances of it being um, news are, are very small, unless it's a prominent person who's involved. So you tend to find that your more, your more horrific examples of rape or, or sexual violence are the ones that are reported on, and that means that Often your other forms of gender-based violence don't get reported on, they don't get unpacked, but critically I think that we very seldom unpack the real complexity behind gender-based violence. You know, take for example mm-hmm. a simple issue. Why don't more women report on issues when they are victims of sexual violence? Mm-hmm. You know, it sounds like a simple thing. They say, you know, women, if, if, if you're being hit by your husband, you should just leave. And you get that sense in which it's a fairly simple kind of crime, and of course it isn't. And anyone that's had experience of this, and the majority of people in our country have just about, would tell you that it isn't that simple. And I think that that's a challenge for journalists and for media to report on something that's very nuanced and very complex when we're seeing less and less journalists expected to do more and more. We see that our mainstream media titles, particularly print, are instead of bringing on more journalists and training them more and more and giving them greater skills, they seem to be getting rid of more and more of them and expecting them to do more and more. Mm. So it means that your complex issues and your nuanced issues are get reported far less frequently. Mm. But the good news around that is, of course, that with access to the Internet, and those of us that are middle class are lucky to have that, are able to find you know, really excellent examples of writing and big pieces that do explain and do seek to cover these things in a very um, appropriate manner. Mm. I mean, I think I think it might it might be sort of taking a step back and looking media at media from a from a bigger picture, um, uh, and maybe it's it's a it's a, um, a thing that journalists actually aren't getting out there. I mean, I read something in your report that an SAPC uh, reporter, Crystal Audison, uh, actually went into the field and she found that teenage mothers don't even know about certain grants that they can access, and that that dispelled the stereotype of young mothers falling pregnant to gain access to grants. So it seems like it's the um, it's the ability or the will of, of the, the journalist to get actually get out there into grassroots level to uncover what you call these complex, nuanced kind of topics. Yeah, I think that that's certainly part of it, and it's also this to challenge that sense. You know, that the child support grant gets. <clears throat> tends to be fairly negatively reported, and yet it's overwhelmingly one of South Africa's biggest successes. If you some second only, I suspect, to how we've managed to address the HIV epidemic, it's incredibly successful. It's a, it's got benefits that reach far beyond. And of course, when you start to say, well, who are the real beneficiaries of this? It tends to be the poor, and it tends to be women in particular and girl children. 
And with the moment you start to talk about those issues, of course you see that they generally don't have as much power in our society and so they don't get anywhere near the same level of, of, of media coverage. And hence, you tend to get simple stories about the child support grant and ones that kind of sensationalize and make it and, and suggest that, that girls do that kind of thing. You know, it, it just isn't borne out by the facts and the research just doesn't demonstrate it. Mm. Minette, how do you actually influence the media then? How do you actually start working with the media to, to, to change? Well, firstly, I would like to say that um, for me, the positioning of women's issues is somewhat problematic because women should be reported on, um, not just as victims of crime or, you know, for issues related to, to women in the stereotypical sense, but also mm. because of their, um, you know, because of their positioning and role in society. For example, was the research that we conducted um, showing that uh, an American-based female leader like Hillary Clinton sorry, received approximately minus 14% negative penalty compared to her male counterparts, John Kerry, at minus 9% and Barack Obama at minus 17%. That to me says that the media is not insensitive to women, but that it treats women in their roles as, for example, political leaders in a similar mm-hmm. way as men. And I think encouraging that by not necessarily positioning yourself as a woman, but simply as a strong individual making an impact, I think that is that is the best way to, to try and influence the media. Mm. Catherine, do you want to add to that? Yeah, I mean, just to bring that home, for instance, if we look at how, you know, as much as in South Africa, um, women are... You know, media are representing women a lot more, <clears throat> and I suppose I think in many ways we are doing a bit better in the region. But women are still represented in very problematic ways. And we, if we look at the politicians in South Africa, you know, if we look at Mampela and Helen uh, during the recent elections, <clears throat> if we, I mean, just we can all recollect the, that that image that was just widely dispersed across the media of of their alliance. Their alliance kind of relegated and trivialized into some sort of love affair. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, the, the way they represented those two <laughs> those two political leaders, it's just so problematic, and it mm. just falls trapped to so many different gender stereotypes. Mm. Um, and male politicians didn't quite get the same trivialized media coverage. Um, the same with the State of the Nation Address and how the women or the parliamentarians who were attending that were totally judged and... Um, <clears throat> any conversation around them was, was based on the way they were dressed and the way they looked. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the media still in this country still very much falls trapped to how how women are represented. Um, and also, it's not just about when we talk about the representation of gender equality or gender issues in the media. It's not necessarily just about women. And I, I agree with other panelists that it's 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 quite limited to the roles of your your kind of typical roles of women. Um, where it's always looked at within a paradigm of violence or or abuse or or sexualization and objectification, but also gender issues in terms of and we could say the same for the LGBTI. That's still a gender issue, and um, when it comes to looking at issues of LGBTI in this country in your mainstream media, uh, it's also primarily in the paradigm of violence or or marriage, uh, homosexual marriage or. Or, or homophobia, like there's, there's no kind of normalizing of the issues. Mm. What you brought up there, yeah. and it, it, it boil, if you sort of distill it, it kind of boils down to 
the kinds of images you use, the kinds of language that's used. And I guess that ties back into the training as well that journalists are going through. William, can you just touch on that? Yeah, look, I mean, there, <clears throat> there certainly is training, and I think that there's broader awareness of the importance of making sure that uh, when you learn to report, you understand about issues of equality and power in society and, and what journalists' roles are to kind of challenge and address that. I mean, ultimately, they're there to... One of their core responsibilities is to hold the powerful accountable, and, and part of that is about addressing particular gender dynamics and gender inequalities. I think what we're looking at, though, is, is to say that on a level you want, when you talk about gender equality in media, it doesn't necessarily mean having the same level of um, same number of women speaking as men. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's an element of it. I think that you're then thinking about saying we want women to be represented in similar ways to the way men are represented. And that part of that means that we need to shift the way we understand how masculinity in men are represented as challenging the idea, particularly because you, you haven't yet discussed that the issue that in South Africa is very much also race-based. You know, so there's a very significant mm. dynamic around how we portray uh, black men as tending to be violent, that they're very bad fathers, they're absent fathers, or they're just non-existent. And we need to challenge some of those ideas as well, because if you're starting to address gender inequality, you need to start to say, well, how do we unpack some of the dynamics and some of the stereotypes that surround masculinity as well? Because when you don't do that, you just you kind of encourage this idea that if a man doesn't know how else to respond, he's going to respond with violence. And we need to kind of look at those things and say, well, what are the alternatives? And then it speaks to broader issues around violence in our society. And if you look at our politicians, sadly, many of them seem to have, have forgotten their brains when they stand up and speak publicly, and they use this incredible violent discourse, and that kind of thing, you know, also feeds uh, the general levels of violence in society, and we need to stand up and, and, and challenge those things as well as part of this move towards creating a society that realizes dignity and uh, equality for all. Mm. And when we say we, I mean, who are the watchdogs here? Catherine, maybe you can give us an idea. I mean, there's gender links, but who are the watchdogs and, and what's the process that they need to go through to make sure that we do begin to deconstruct these gender stereotypes? Well, I mean, of, of course, um, the media is seen as the fourth estate, but I also think, you know, civil society also are watchdogs. You know, we also need to watch the media. I mean, if... <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I, I think the media, obviously, as, as we know, is, is such, a, is such an, a powerful, powerful socializing force within our, within our society. And <clears throat> I really think civil society needs to be more critical about, um, about the media and also need to hold the media accountable. Um, and I think that's what <clears throat> the, the static gender protocol um, on gender development does. Um, it tries to put in, it tries to get governments to commit to, um, to equal representation, but also non-stereotypical representation of, of gender issues in women. Mm. And again, I just go back to the importance of training. I mean, let's just remember, as, as journalists, we're also citizens first, you know? Yes. And um, as much as the media these days, these days is so, it's so commodified and, you know, ultimately it's, 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 it's founded on money, and that's essentially why, um, you know, gender issues are not seen as, Unless, unless women or gender issues are sexualized or objectified, they're not really seen as, as lucrative. Um, but I think, yeah, I think as, as citizens, we really need to be critical and we need to also hold our, hold our media accountable for, for the way they perpetuate inequality within, within society. And, and um, like the other gentleman said, that it's... Catherine, are you there? 
Oh, we seem to have lost Catherine. Um, I, yeah, I absolutely agree on, on that thing. And I'm just wondering, you know, uh, what your thoughts are, uh, maybe, Minette, on, on dedicated women's shows or columns or pages where they focus completely on and entirely on women's issues. Do you think that that is a necessary thing to, to do? And do you think that it will start to achieve what we're hoping to achieve through this discussion? Well, I'm I'm sorry that Catherine got cut out there because what she was saying was quite interesting, and I think mm. this um, to a large extent echoes what um, what Brian was saying as well, and that is you cannot simply look at women's issues in a vacuum and not look at the way that males are stereotyped as well, and this now obviously is specifically in reference to the media and the media's portrayal of both genders and um, perhaps even other other social issues, you know. But without dwelling on that too much, I think it's important for civil society, as Kathleen mentioned, to um, to hold the media accountable, but also to remember that the media is the media is the watchdog. Now to me, um, I I question whether having specific women's issues programs, for example, or even this discussion we're having today, um, is not perhaps having the opposite effect of what we really want to achieve. And what we want to achieve, I'm quite sure, is is equality and is equal opportunity for everyone and an equal representation of both women and men in the media. Mm-hmm. And to show in the media the finer nuances of issues related to both genders. Just as there are women's issues, I'm quite sure, you know, it could be said that there are men's issues as well. So I'm not sure whether um, whether having programs that specifically focus on so-called women's issues will really have the desired effect. In fact, it might even lead to to some form of tokenism. And again, media tennis research has shown that oftentimes when when media tries to focus on something specifically related to women, it almost happens to trivialise the issue. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really show the the finer aspect of it because of those this almost tokenism aspect that is then developed. Mm. Catherine, I believe you're back, and uh, hopefully you heard a bit of that for a minute. Yes, I did. Okay. Do you agree? No, I agree. I I, I agree with, with what she's saying because <clears throat> you know when we focus on, on just on women's issues, we then yeah, sometimes we we could we could fall trapped to the very thing that we're trying to dismantle because then we're essentializing women's issues as as women's issues as, as opposed to seeing, as opposed to mainstreaming gender in all discussions. Um, so I think mm. I, I do agree, absolutely. William, do you have any thoughts on that subject? No, look, <clears throat> I think that to, I, I agree to a, de- to a degree, mm. but I think that it's important to realize that audience, that media segment their audiences and, and their audiences give them feedback. So if you look at something like, uh, the Mail and Guardian, they started an MD women section, and that was by, as a direct result of requests from their, their audience. You know, you've got something like News 24 that, that, that speaks, uh, you've got News 24 women that speaks very much to audiences that are requesting particular kinds and particular specific forms of content. So I think that to say that we shouldn't, you know, I mean, then you, cause, and, and, they, and, and they're different arguments for and against. I guess it depends very much on, on how it's constructed and what kind of content that feeds. Yes. As if you apply a similar thing to race, you should then be saying, well, 
we shouldn't have things like a black management forum and, and that sort of thing. When, of course, what you're trying to do is, is, is highlight the issue that we still need to transform our society in terms of race. And similarly, we need to transform it along gender lines. So I think that, there's, that there are instances in which, uh, you know, having a direct focus, as we are now, um, around gender and around uh, addressing gender inequality are, are, are very, very relevant. And we need to make sure that we draw attention to those issues, because if we don't, we're not going to challenge it, you know. So I think that we need to be careful about just saying we shouldn't have those kinds of programs and those special things, because I think that... There's space for them. It very much depends on, on how they're framed and how they're constructed. Yes. Mm-hmm. And just to, to draw this discussion to a close, before we do, uh, we've got a caller on the line, Sig from Randburg. Hi, Sig. Uh, uh, thank you very much. I wanted to congratulate our heroic female journalists uh, who, who, who go to Morikana and brave murder on, on the roadways there, and, and like Gia Nicolaides. And, 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 and the feral hafajis who, who are accused of racism when they are the exact opposite in their own offices. And, 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 and all this sort of stuff. It is a, it is a very hard world where journalists have to be heroes. They, they've got to be self uh, uh, sacrificing heroes to face up to the horrible realities of this nation and and they're doing very well a lot of them and a lot of them are just sitting on the radio stations and answering talk shows and 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 and, and they it's, it's a wonderful business that's going on there but but it is a dog eats dog kind of world where where we're nurturing where the nurturing nature of females is is does not really seem to be equipped to to face the horrible uh, 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 heroism that is necessary, uh, uh, which of the type which is which is uh, uh, so exemplified so wonderfully by Tuli Madonsela in the face of 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 a entirely corrupt cabinet, mm. uh, and and uh, this kind of stuff has got to be uh, uh, brought out by our journalists and I really don't know whether the female nature which is the is the nurturing the thing that we do need to grow the nation whether they are really capable of of being such brazen uh, fighters for freedom thanks very much thank you sir well on that note we um I think that's a story for another day, um, uh, women's and female nature uh, and, and the world of media. But I think we've touched on some really good points here, and I think that's a good note to end on, that our female journalists and journalists in general are somewhat of heroes in our civil society. Thank you so much to the panel for joining me. Thank you for your thoughts. I found it incredibly insightful. Minette, where can people access the report? Well, um, if you follow Media Tenor's Twitter handle, it's at Media underscore SA you'll get access to what we have online and you can also contact us that way we also have a website www.mediatenner.co.za or .com and that's the best way to contact us lovely thank you and to find out more uh, and to connect with Genderlinks Catherine I think you can say you can follow genderlinks.org.za am I correct? yeah <coughs> we've also just um at the civil static civil society meeting in uh, in Ferrari ten days ago, the uh, the minister of gender launched our 2014 static gender protocol barometer, which looks at all our thematic areas, including media. So, um, if you'd like to access that research, really 
really key research as well um, on, on gender issues across the region um, and locally. So, yeah, you can just log on to our website and access it there. Brilliant. Thank you. And, William, um, people can access Media Monitoring Africa at mediamonitoringafrica.org, I believe. Yes, that's right. And we've got some cool stuff on sexual discrimination in newsrooms. And then, obviously, if people want to hold the media to account, uh, there are ways and means of doing that, and I would encourage them to do so. And also celebrate our, our women who aren't necessarily the high-profile politicians. If you look at... Uh, I've just had come from a meeting with a, a group of amazing people who work in the children's sector. Most of them are women, and again, we need to challenge why that is, and, and there's some unsung heroes there that we need to really put our focus on. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much all for joining us. Thank you for your thoughts, and uh, keep well.